May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be always acceptable, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated, and I welcome those who are watching by live stream. It's great to be back at our home cathedral. When I was in high school, I played rhythm guitar in a rock and roll band. There, I said it. I know this person with these clothes on does not look like a rhythm guitarist in a rock and roll band, and you'd be absolutely right. The band didn't last very long. It was called Speed Limit 35. <laughs> you can tell that we didn't let down our hair too much. I was reminded of that band this past week when I heard on the radio an old song that we actually sang in Speed Limit 35 called The Little Black Egg by the Nightcrawlers. <clears throat> we also played Turn, Turn, Turn by the Birds and Wild Thing by the Trogs <laughs> and Wendy by Association. What I remember about that rock and roll band is that we didn't remember, and that is the several dances that we played for, we couldn't remember the lyrics. <laughs> if you play for dances, it's important to remember the lyrics. I can remember we sang the first line of a, several songs and then we sort of hummed our way through the rest of the song. We forget at our detriment. I love the story of the two couples who had a dinner party with each other and they finished their meal and the ladies adjourned to the kitchen and the two gentlemen were still at the dining table and one old guy said to the other, we went to this fabulous restaurant last week, I commend it to you. He said, what was the name of it? He thought for a minute thought some more. Then he said to the other guy, what's that flower that we give to others when we love them? You know, it's red and has thorns. He said, you mean a rose? He said, that's it. He looked towards the kitchen. He said, Rose, <laughs> what's the name of that restaurant where we went last week? We forget to our detriment. I had a good friend in college, my roommate, Scott. He woke up every morning happy. You know people like that? They get up every morning just full of joy. It's disgusting, isn't it? <laughs> After we were out of college and we would see each other on a, about a yearly basis, towards the end of our visit, he would stick out his hand, shake my hand hard, look me right in the eye, and then say, now Bob, whatever you do, whatever happens, remember, don't miss the joy. Jesus does not want us to forget the lyrics. And one of the lyrics in the core of the gospel is joy. 
So he says to his disciples on the last night on this earth, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. I want you to abide in this love. Then he says something very important. Listen. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Complete love is when you and I are totally committed to the enterprise that there's a God who's generous and loving unconditionally and meets us in all of our conditions and brings us to a place of love and joy. Complete love. There's only one problem. We live in a joyful, joyless age. This is a grim time, isn't it? There's a lot of people who are after each other. We complain a lot. There are nations who have risen up against each other. People do not get along. Parties are after each other. There's a white-knuckled sort of angst in our society these days. We would say, wouldn't we, about ourselves that we live in a joyless time. There's some grim reapers running around, both in here and out there. I think there are joy killers running around in here and out there. And they squelch and ruin joy. One of them is perfectionism. Perfectionism. Do you know people who are constantly and anxiously trying to fix themselves, making themselves perfect? And they try to fix you as well. Some of you are married to them. Some of us have adult children who do that to us. They try to fix us as they're trying to fix themselves and make themselves perfect. You remember Atlas? He tried to hoist the whole world up on his shoulders as if he could carry it. He could make it all well, bring it all into perfection. It runs onto the rocks, doesn't it? And it kills joy. Perfectionism will destroy yourself and others. Let me ask you, have you forgiven yourself for being imperfect? A second gremlin of joy killers is the frantic search for entertainment. Our culture spends enormous amounts of money to other people so that they can make us joyful. We pay Hollywood and music and sports enormous amounts of energy and money to say, I'm paying you to make me happy. And we know what happens, don't we? When the curtain goes down and when the ninth inning is over and the game is finished, we still have our own life left, don't we? We couldn't pay enough. We couldn't get enough people to make us happy. 
It kills joy, this gremlin of entertainment. It doesn't last. It finally leaves us empty. There's a third joy killer. It's called unworthiness. There are many people who go to many therapists in our society who say to the therapist, you know, I never received a blessing. I never received the blessing from a father or a mother or a mentor or an uncle or a teacher or a coach to tell me that I'm all right. And so I've lived these many years feeling unworthy. I didn't ever make the grade. I didn't make the cut. I wasn't included. I was disregarded for some reason because of the color of my skin or because of my station in life or my orientation or my accent or my national identity or, or, or. The list is long, isn't it? And it's pervasive. So many people, if you ask them, what are you worth? The answer is not much. I like the old saw of the guy who needed a brain transplant. <laughs> the neurologist said, you have three choices. Lawyer's brain will cost $250,000. Physician's brain, $500,000. The priest's brain will cost you a million dollars. He said, a priest's brain? A million bucks? How come so much? He said, well, it's never been used. Sadly, we ask many people, what are you worth? And the answer back is, not much. You remember the prodigal son, don't you? Known to all of us. When that young boy got to the far country and he decided, I've made some terrible choices. He's in a pigsty. He comes to himself. And what does he determine? That he is totally unworthy. He even practices it. I'm going to go back to my father's house and I'm going to say, Father, I am unworthy to call, be called your son. Treat me like a hired hand. So many people have lost their joy because they believe that they are not worthy to be called God's child. A fourth one is individual achievement. Boy, that's a that's a ringer, isn't it? That's a gremlin that will destroy our joy in a minute. The achievement that I somehow I've got to measure up, I've got to make the grade, I've got to achieve. Many people give that book away at graduation. It's called, Oh, the Places You'll Go. If you know that book, throw it in the trash. <laughs> oh, the Places You'll Go means that you have within yourself enough to achieve a healthy, saving life. That somehow you and I can muster up the how, enough how-to books that we can achieve. Listen, if achievement is your goal, 
then fear and disappointment will be your attending agents because you'll never achieve enough. And the last one I'll name this morning is the gremlin of possessiveness. Oh, the times when you and I have this kind of grip on what we have. It's a white-knuckle grip, and the words that go with it is, it's mine. It's mine. And when we have that grip, we lose our joy. So St. John's Cathedral comes along and invites us to loosen our grip. They sent us all a package this past week. It's called Flow. It's the invitation this year to loosen our grip and to change the language from it's mine to it's God's. It's all God's, given to us as a steward. And you and I have the outstanding opportunity to become generous and to discover the joy again of giving. I have this recurring nightmare, this fearful dream that it's possible to live and die in this life of ours without ever experiencing the great joy of God's grace. I can imagine in this dream that friends of mine chisel on my gravestone this epitaph. Here lies the body of our departed friend whose life came to an untimely end. He worked so hard, he pushed through strife, but departed this world without a joyful life. And I think to myself, no, no. To live this life and then to die without God's bountiful joy is to miss our purpose, the reason why we were born. There's an antidote to this grimness, and it was tucked away in our gospel text for today when Jesus reminds us about the joy of God's love, that love that meets us in all of our conditions and tells us without question that we are loved, we're beloved, no matter what we've done, no matter where we've been, no matter what decisions we've made, no matter how bad we've done, God meets us and says, you're my child, you're beloved. Last Saturday, I had the outstanding opportunity to preside at the wedding of Chris Carroll and Kate Moore in Connecticut. I was taken again, I must have done 800 weddings in 41 years, but once again, at their wedding, I was captured by certain pieces of the wedding service. Here's a portion of what we said last Saturday. I said to Kate and to Chris, the union of two people in heart, body, and mind is intended by God for their mutual joy, for the help and comfort given one another 
in prosperity and adversity, come hell or high water. No, that's not in the service. <laughs> but it should be. But listen again. They are invited to experience joy in good times and in bad times, in prosperity and in poverty, in all the changes and chances of their life and ours. Later on in the service, we had this outstanding petition in the prayers when we prayed, give them wisdom and devotion in the, in the ordering of their common life, that each may be to the other, listen, a strength in need, a counselor in perplexity, a comfort in sorrow, and a companion in joy. Wow. What would life be like here at St. John's if we took those features on in terms of our community life of joy? That we would be a strength in need, a counselor in perplexity, a comfort in sorrow, and a companion in joy. Or in Jesus' own words, I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My college roommate Scott used to finish all of our visits by sticking out his hand and saying, now, rem now Bob, Whatever happens, whatever you do, remember, don't miss the joy. Amen.